All right, I know it's family day, and I wanted to just share a short scripture. We're going to take communion together as a family as part of the message. And uh, what I want to ask you a question, this whole sermon's about, sermonette, it's about a question. Are you satisfied? Are you happy? In your stage of life, how are you doing? Can you say that I have victory in my life, or can you say I'm struggling I'm not satisfied. doesn't matter what age it is. It seems like I'm out of control. I'm worried about my finances. I'm worried about my marriage. I'm worried about life itself. Are you satisfied? What are you chasing after to, 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 to quench or to fill that, uh, that non-satisfaction? I hope that's a word. It's not? Okay. Take it off the tape. Yeah. It sounded good in, in the, um, as a rap song. I looked up something today. Uh, America, us, 15, on the list of happiness, we're number 15. You know what number one is? Switzerland. Another statistic I looked up with Gallup poll, it said 70% of Americans are not satisfied with the, with the nation and where it's going. How about you? Are you satisfied? This was the whole crust of this message is how do you quench? How do you close the dissatisfaction in your heart? What do you use? Well, we notice now drugs is a big thing. People use to, to bring satisfaction to their life. Alcohol is another thing. But it's only temporary. Because really, you're not thinking about anything until you wake up and it's worse. Are you satisfied today where you are? And I want to go ahead and look at a scripture in Matthew chapter 5. It's just one scripture, verse 6. It says, Jesus, if you know about the book of Matthew, talks about the king and his kingdom. And it's almost similar like Moses. He came out of the wilderness and he was about to preach. And he's giving a new message. He's giving a new values of the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of the world. He kind of inverted it. And he's talking to the folks who, those who know God, who said they knew God, who are very religious, and those who are fresh just following him. And he, what they call a sermon of mouth from chapters 5 through 7. But he started off with something great called the Beatitudes. And B means the word blessed. In a different way, the way we think, because sometimes we think blessing to us is money in the bank and great relationships. But what he's, he cusses the essence of being blessed is because we have God, not because we have things. And this first one here, well, not the first, the fourth of the Beatitudes, I means blessed. Or those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, so they shall be satisfied. Some of your versions have is full. You shall be full versus satisfied. And that's kind of unique for us in America because that's kind of opposite. Hunger and thirst? I can satisfy my own desires. But God says, no. Those, he's flipping the script. You're more blessed, hungry, 
I know for me, I don't feel like it. And when you're thirsty, because you point for righteousness. And what he's saying here, I'll give you a simple term, what he's saying. Any person desiring to live in accordance with God's, with God, what God requires, any person who desires to live in accordance with what God desires. How many love that scripture in Matthew chapter 6? Your, will be, your, your kingdom come, your will be done. How many enjoy that? How many just say it once a week and really don't mean it? Or doesn't know what it means? You know what you're asking for. God's will be done on earth. How many believe that God is so sovereign, he knows exactly where America is going? Amen. Do you believe it? Are you satisfied in the world that you put your stock in or in God? That's the question. I'm seeing a lot today on the news about America and all the decisions that have been made. And it kind of hacks me off a little bit because I, I spent my life, most of my life, defending our country. And I believe we have, the, in fact, we have the strongest nation in the world. I already know that for a fact. I don't have to believe that. If you get to travel, you get to see. And I hear, well, it's over. We're done. I don't think we're done. I think it's an opportunity for the church. There's something different about us. Our technology, where we go, and how we're not so good. We're just blessed. You might say, I don't think that's going to be. Well, we're blessed for free choice, but that's a minority, not the majority. Are you satisfied? Jesus shows up and he inverts values, the values of the world. Hunger, thirst, those who mourn shall be comforted. Who wants to mourn? You mean I'm blessed because I mourn? Yes, because it puts your dependence squarely on God. But blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The word blessed means made happy by God. In fact, no, there's a joy that no person or circumstance can take away. Hunger and thirst, he used as a metaphor. Those who pursue God with all their heart and all their soul shall never hunger, shall never thirst, will always be filled, will always be satisfied. That's the word bless. Happy by God. That's amazing when you read that. There's a scripture. Not a scripture, there's a uh, quote by Michael J. Wilkins when you look at the word bless. Put that up for me, sir. The word bless means this. The state of existence in relationship to God in which a person is blessed from God's perspective even when he or she doesn't feel happy or isn't experiencing good fortune. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So what God calls us is bless. We kind of look at it differently, don't we? Kind of flips the script. That means if you're um, behind in your car payments, you're blessed if you're following God. Children not doing well, but you, you're pursuing God. He says you're blessed. Even when it doesn't seem like you are. 
How many love comfort? How many love to be comfortable? You know, don't stress. How many lovers I got in here? Not fighters. Who, who likes to fight? Who doesn't like to fight? Who likes to fight? Raise your hand. No one likes, oh, because you're a Marine. Put your hand down. <laughs> no one likes to fight. Even your worst fight, you bless. It's, it's different. See how it, some of your minds are like, I really don't see that because I have this issue in my life. You see how the kingdom works? The kingdom of God, he says, a king and we are his subjects. Kingdom values are completely different than worldly values. Give you, um, give you an example. And, and T.D. Jake said, just so perfect. The world is the world. How many agree? And the church is the church. He said this, when decisions are made, our, um, our leaders are not sitting through the scriptures and, and um, debating what it says. They're actually looking at something else and trying to do it off the top of their heads and go with their guts. The church, we have this. So on my worst day, when I'm just having not one good day at all, I can read the Beatitudes and say, oh, yes, by God's perspective, I'm blessed. And I read it enough times so my perspective becomes God's perspective. But if you don't read it, your only perspective you have is out there in the street or CNN News or Fox News. Those who hunger and thirst, those who hunger and thirst, those who want to see God's, first of all, you want justice. And you have it because you're right. Jesus came and died on the cross for justice. He took our punishment that we deserve. So now we have right standing with God. Unless you don't know who Jesus is, then you have nothing right now. And the second thing is I want moral righteousness where my character is so honed in with Christ that when people see me, they see Jesus. And they make me so appealing that when they say there's something different about those guys down the street, I don't know what it is, but I can't stay away. Morally, then socially, I want to attack everybody who doesn't know Jesus. I want to be like a hound dog. I can smell. You think I'm crazy? Righteousness. And what drives us really is our morally, because the, the people see you, do they smell Christ? Or they smell disappointment. They smell failure. They smell dissatisfaction. And our government, what we call the pray for them, that's something I checked. What do they smell? That's what Jesus is saying. Now, the way he put it was, this is not something you have to work for. It's a gift. This is his grace being extended to us. That we get to walk in his grace. The Beatitudes, this one here. Hunger and thirst. How thirsty are you to see lives change? 
Everyone asks, how come evil exists in the world? I love when unbelievers ask me that. Because you're not saved yet. You don't get it. You don't even think about it anymore. We just complain about them. Because we want them to act saved. But we don't want to tell them anything. They should get it. They should have got it. They don't get it. They're not going to get it unless you give it to them. Now, if they smell it on you and they're attracted to you, then you come verbally and say it. But see, you got to be hungry because when you're hungry, you're hungry for what God is hungry for. Think about it. Not even think about it. It should hurt you. 19-year-old young man, Merkel. 19. 19. With a uh, two-month-old, one-month-old. Blows. Cops come out. He thought it was over. He blew his head off. 19 years old. That's hopelessness that surrounds us. Are you satisfied? Nineteen years old. Are you hungry? Because what you're chasing after, we get hungry. We get hungry for stuff. We get hungry. We think the next relationship's going to work. She's going to fill me. No, she's not. He's going to fill me. No, he's not. Prince Charming's arrived. Until you get married, you'll find out quick. <laughs> you have the bride. She's awesome. You are a glutton. And we, try, we pursue and we hunger for that relationship. We hunger for the money. We hunger for this and the success. And when we get it, we walk away from God, got it. And then you come back a year later, bust it up. Because you couldn't sustain something he didn't choose. We're trying to satisfy our lives with all these things. And God is saying, I'm the sole source of satisfaction. Satisfaction. Thank you. These new words. I'm going to open up a Wikipedia. <laughs> Satisfied. God says this. Psalms 107.9. For he satisfied the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Oh. Nothing like when you work outside in this Texas heat and your head sweating because you don't have no hair to filter it. <laughs> and you get that cold glass of water. Thing is, it only lasts for so long. Jesus says, I'm the living water. Those who, hung, those who thirst, after, thirst after me, they'll always be filled. He's the living water. But you got to hunger and thirst for the living water, not for temporary water. Are you satisfied? I've seen a lot of people not satisfied. Us, as Christians, writing stuff we shouldn't be writing because we already know the truth. We already know the end of it. We do. It's a fixed fight. You're going to learn next week we're the only ones that are fighting a fight that we win. But if you're dissatisfied, your family will be dissatisfied. You know what I notice? 
Whenever I'm insecure with people, because I'm insecure with God. When I'm secure in God, I'm secure in my, what I do. Are you satisfied? Guys, come forward. We're going to do communion. God was so dissatisfied in where his creation was going. <laughs> so dissatisfied in what he sees the value he saw. He sees the greatness. He sees all the vision. All his great his creation was us. He was so dissatisfied. He says, I need to redeem them. Come forward. And we're going to take communion together as a family. I want you to do it a different way. The gospel, you hear the gospel, except you got to follow, uh, point your way to Jesus. Really, Jesus pointed himself to us. He was so dissatisfied. He says, that's my creation. I got to do something because they can't do it on their own. Ought to sound like us today. People cannot make the right decision. They know who the right Jesus is. And as you take the elements, we're going to take it together as a family. Say, God, am I satisfied? Am I? Here's the question. God, are you enough? God, are you enough? I think we said in the song, if I don't receive what I think I should have, are you enough? When he should be the sole source of my satisfaction. As we're passing the elements, there's a little story in the New Testament. I think we kind of read over it. John the Baptist went ahead of Jesus, was ministering. Jesus came on the scene, and the guys are saying, hey, they're all following him. And it was one of those positional guys were asking, John, are you losing your position? You're the famous prophet. Are you losing your position? And he said in John chapter 3, 27, he said, you know, no one can receive a thing unless it comes from heaven. No one can receive anything unless it comes from heaven. See, you got to realize heaven is a reality. This is all temporary. No one can receive anything unless it's from heaven. So we need to press into the one who, the king of kings and Lord of lords. Otherwise, we'll never be satisfied with our job, our houses, our lives. We'll never be satisfied because the whole that God created, he created us in his image, the Imago Day, unless he fills it himself, it will always be a whole. My greatest fear is that I don't grow old. Here's the second part. Spiritually. That I know it all. I read the Bible. I know that. I know this. I know that. Oh, you got, and it doesn't matter what age you are, because if you've done something that other people haven't done, and they do it a different way, you're like, I know that already. That's my greatest fear. That I don't treat the Bible as, yeah, that's, I know that. I grew up when I'm always growing. See, the Beatitudes is not something you read once a year. It's the grace that God extended to us. He says, oh, you're mourning. You're blessed. You're, you're thirsty. Really, huh? you don't know what that is? 
I'll fill you. Here's a grace extended. Take the plate. Something miraculous happened in our trip to Mexico. Going to Baja. It's about nine of us. Something miraculous happened. Before we even got started believing God for finances, this church, the first time we announced it, this church gave $4,000 to it. Now, that, and I told him, well, that means God wants you to really go on a trip, so now you need to go ahead and go and start doing your job. It's like taking, now, if they would have did this, they would have said, Alan, here is four grand, and all you need is this much to go, and Alan says, I, I can't do this. You're going to turn down some burgers? You're going to turn down this money? Well, that's the grace of God. You're going to, we're going to turn down the promises and walk away from them? Is God enough? Was this enough? Last time I checked Toyota Corporation, they're not down across from me. Is, it, is this enough? You have to ask yourself. If you know him, is this enough? Focus on him, not the things of him. So we get disappointed. What's going on in the world now, God is really, really, he's actually solidifying the church. We don't need, you see that? We actually got to make a choice. Do, what do we believe? Who do we believe in? What are we focusing on? That's what he's really saying today. That's what you heard. This is a little prophetic. That's what he's saying today. Guys, what do you believe? Are you culturally, are you, are you convicted? Are you a cultural, or are you convinced who I am? That's what he's saying today. You can, and you know, I love, and he does it through crisis. I love crisis because crisis makes us make a decision. And that's the question. Is he good enough? If he's good enough, the same way he was dissatisfied on where we were going, he sent his only begotten son, and he ran all the way to the end. He didn't quit. The same way I'm dissatisfied the way everything is out here because I really want them to know Jesus. It's a great dissatisfaction because I want them to experience eternal life. Not thinking about myself. Thinking about them. Think about that 19-year-old blew his head off. I'm not trying to put heaviness. I'm trying to put more burden on us. Guys, if you haven't noticed, the Calvary is us. The Calvary saved us at Calvary. See, that one, that rap song. So close your eyes. Let's pray. As we take the bread. God, it was not. You can take the bread. But you take the bread. But God said, I love them so much. Not satisfied where they are. They got disconnected. And the only way to be reconnected is through my son. To die, be beaten, and take it for us. Because he thinks, he, he looks at us as so valuable. 
He said they can't do it on their own. So the body must be broken, must be destroyed here on earth. All the sins must come upon him because they can't take the sin off themselves. The law shows them they have um, sins, but grace showed them I'm the one who took them. And as you take the cup, my new covenant, my blood that wash away all, wash away all sin, you can take the cup. Wash away all sin. God wants us to experience conviction, not condemnation. When you don't know Jesus, you're condemned already. But if you know Jesus, you experience conviction, not condemnation. God, you're enough. And Father, I thank you. You judge us as enough. <laughs> you judge us, Father, by your love for your son. Father, I pray for every family here, God. I pray, God, that we would draw closer to you, draw closer to us. Teach us to pick up your word every day. Teach us to sit in time and just spend time with you. Help us have the right perspective of what success is in life. It's not about what we can get. It's about what I am in in you. Help us not to work hard, but, Father, to to follow hard. It's all about following you, not working harder, God. It's following you even closer. Thank you, Father, for your great sacrifice. You said in your word, as you have sent your son, you're sending us. Not as critics, but as grace-filled believers with power from you to transform our workplace, our neighbors, through your Holy Spirit. Thank you today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand? Thank you. There's a, when you do something like that and you lay a burden on people, they always tell you in great communication, you better have an application. <laughs> so I have an application this morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. Put that scripture up. At the end, John 3, 30. There you go. How many want more of God? A lot of us have as much God we want to get. But John the Baptist figured this out. How many believe the whole counsel of God's with us every day? How many want to tap into that? Here's the thing. It's not for you to work harder. You just have to. I must. He must what? I must what? My marriage, my business, my relationships, everything. Before Christ, I was here. He was there. After Christ, I need to make sure I'm down here because the king is here. That's why worship's so important in your own house so you know how to do it on Sundays. I can't teach you in about 20 minutes how to worship. You should have an altar at your own house to realize the king is here. The king has some values. 
that will give me satisfaction. But most of all, the more I decrease, the more he increases, the more God I get. But he's such a gentleman, he didn't snatch the fruit out of, the, uh, out of Adam and Eve's hand. We all fight against his will and my will. That's why that prayer is so important. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means heaven is the reality, earth is a temporary thing. That prayer becomes a part of your life every single day for your children, for your marriage, for those out in the street. God, let your heaven, let your will be done. And you hear, my will is being done, Rich. Just follow my lead. I must decrease. That's how we get the full counsel of God. He doesn't share thrones. That means you're ever learning, ever growing. Every day I learn something new from God, become a rookie. You think I'm a pro because I put it on Facebook. Really a rookie. I just got that. Wow. Ever growing. That is the application. When I get up in the morning, if I walk by this Bible and I walk by my time with him, I increased. If I get up in the morning and I have to make time like everyone else, I can't make excuses. And he doesn't bless good intentions. I spend time, doesn't matter if it's a scripture, whatever, whatever you need a reading plan. I spend time in prayer and then I go. He has increased. I have decreased. Don't want to make dog, be a dogmatic, guys, but if I don't do that, I'm the one that's king that day. And you don't like me when I'm king because I'm grouchy. Everybody. We all have something to do, but the most important thing we have to do is decrease on a daily basis. So I can understand those who are lost, who are trying to talk to me. If I increased, they're on my nerves. If I'm decreased, let's hear what you have to say, and let me look and see your eyes. And I'll give you the desire to want to touch them. If you know Jesus, you should be totally satisfied. Because at the end of the day, you win. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for our time together as family. Thank you for these youth, Lord. I thank you.